Welcome to the Bodcast Station, where we share exciting stories, interesting facts, lots of laughter, and lots of hope as we talk about caring for our human bodies in the 21st century. We have one ultimate goal, and that is to help you develop a newfound perspective and sense of appreciation for the incredible human body that you're living in. If you would like to join us for more educational courses or professional certifications, see us online at www.holistichealtheducators.com. Great to have you with us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast on emotional detox. Yes. When Karen mentioned this topic last week, at first I was like, I am learning every week of my life about emotional health and emotional well-being. So I was like, am I prepared to do this call? And then I realized <laughs> that part of the fun of just being in the health world is that we just get to learn through our own journey and through other people's journeys. And uh, I just started noticing throughout my week, where were there times where I started tensing up where I could use emotional detoxification? Like sometimes you drive down a road and you had a bad memory there from a conversation that, that didn't go well and then you just start to tense up or someone calls you and just part of you just starts to tense up. And I just started being really conscious of like, okay, where in my life would I benefit from an emotional detox of like, you don't have to go to the same spot and feel that same pre-anxiety nervous attack for the rest of your life. That is in a time where an emotional detox would be really helpful. And so I'm really excited for today's topic because I definitely have stories from my personal life and definitely have some amazing stories of friends of, of stories of friends mm -hmm. and clients who've done emotional detoxing and to see how that affects their body and the rest of the, and their functionality as, as a person. So we're going to talk about emotional detox and how to actually do that. We'll be, we'll be sharing tools that we've personally both used and that, that we've recommended, especially myself, to a lot of my clients. Uh, so we're super excited that you're with us today. We're going to have a lot of fun. But we need to cover one of the big words that, okay, emotion, we all get that. But detox from an emotion, how does that exactly happen? Well, let me talk about cells dun, for dun, a few dun. moments. Dun, dun, dun. I like that. We should do a little... Dun, 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 dun. Okay, <laughs> so, so literally... A toxin, we've talked in the past about how we bring toxins into our life from eating and breathing and, you know, eating, drinking things, right? And then we have to get them out of our body through our bowels and our stool and blah, blah, right? Well, emotional detoxification is also real. Emotions can toxify the body for this reason. An emotion is a polypeptide. It's a chain of polypeptides. And so this has been proven. This is amazing information. And that you can take the blood and look at the blood and you can tell the emotions of people by looking at the blood. So literally our emotions are very real. I mean, hello, have we ever all blushed before? We'll get someone all embarrassed. She turns bright pink. Anyhow, and then all of a sudden, how did, how did Amy turn bright pink when mom started sharing some really cute stories, right? How does that happen? Is oh, it emotional? No, it's real. Well, was it ballerina? There oh, you go. Anyhow, and so, but it happens because we have emotions that trigger chemical reactions in the body. And so all of these emotions that we experience actually trigger chemical reactions. So we flush, we might start sweating, we turn pink. Emotions break out are in hives. Yes, break out in hives. Emotions are Your chemical. nervous system changes into a sympathetic state and you start having the beginning of a panic attack. Mm -hmm. On top of that, though, there is like so much studying being done around cell memory. And so on top of your DNA, which has the chemical coding, has the coding for how your body should build the proteins that make up your eyelashes and your hair and your liver. On top of that, your cells pass down memory because you have to have those instincts. It's a survival instinct. Um, you know, you touch the stove when you're a kid and you burn yourself and now you know not to touch the hot stove. 
um, uh, your cells in your fingers have replaced themselves, I don't know, maybe 50 times since you were a kid and you touched the hot stove, but somehow you still know not to touch the hot stove. Our cells pass down these reactions to things as part of a survival mechanism. It's called cell memory. And so it's like, I, I like to picture it as like the DNA that's like floating above your DNA. That's carrying the, the emotional um, history of your life. So you have like your physical history of your genetics and your DNA. And then you have this emotional history of your life that also get also gets passed down. So can I share a story really quick or do you want to jump well, in? Well, I just want to jump in for a second. Okay. I had to give that because I have a really cool chart I'll share with you in a few minutes. But I did want to mention, I have to show them. Before okay. the TNC program went online, uh, this 700 page binder was Karen's well, concise version of the TNC program. And 80 pages. Thank yeah. you very much. So I wrote this for you. So if you guys are not TNCs yet, you better get in the programs. I want you to know all of this. But anyhow, so when we, um, when, when people would get or a new organ donated, right? So they had to get an organ replaced in their body. They would wake up and be able to speak Japanese or they'd be craving a sweet that they had never heard of and they could ask for it in a foreign language, right? And that's because of cell memory. So cellular memory is tr it's twofold. It's not only in the actual cells of our body, but it's also in this cloud. And so our emotions aren't just hooked only into the physical part of our body. It's also in this cloud. The detoxification is necessary because we must clean the liver in order to get rid of the emotional issues. And so if you haven't heard us talk about detoxifying the body, if this is one of your first podcasts, welcome. We're super excited to have you, but please go back and listen to our podcast on detoxification because that's super important. Okay. Share your story. No, no, no. Well, I would just say for me, like the releasing the trapped emotion or reprogramming the cell memory would come even before liver health. Um, Not yet. yeah. Or else you're just going to be triggering yep. the same problem. So I have to share a story. Um, so Karen taught me about Karen, my mom. mom. Um, she taught me about cell memory when I was in like my teens. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. You know, it will make sense. We pass down more than just our DNA. And so um, I was like, okay. So my friend, where I'm in college and my friend had this traumatic experience that happened to her um, where she was almost taken advantage of. And therefore like that's being taken advantage of in and of itself when she was an, um, an older teenager and she we're roommates in college and she had a new year's resolution to forgive this person and she forgave them. But she's like, Amy, I'm so confused. Why is it that every time I see this person in, in the grocery store, she comes from a small town um, on the East coast. So she's like, anytime I see this person in the grocery store, I break out in hives. Like my body goes into panic attack. Or if I, if I'm driving on the freeway and I see his car, I have to pull over because my body has this like intense anxiety attack. And she's like, I don't understand because I already forgave him in my heart. You know, she's like, why is my body doing this? And I'm like, girl, cell memory. I'm like, your body is putting you into protection mode because every time you see them, it's a trigger that you're not safe or you're not you're not respected, you're not valued. And so your body goes into this huge defensive state. I was like, you need to reprogram your cell memory. So I went over emotional freedom technique with her um, and tapping where you have to displace the negative thought with a positive one. You can't just be like, oh, I don't want to have this negative thought anymore. You have to like replace it. The first time I ever did EFT was to get rid of my nightmares. I had horrible, horrible nightmares, like literally my whole childhood. And then I was like 22 or something. We learned about emotional freedom technique. 
So instead of me being like, I don't want negative nightmares anymore. I hate living in a dark world for eight hours a day. This really sucks. Instead of that, I was like, my dreams are filled with light and love. My dreams are filled with light and love. My dreams are filled. Oh, I love going to bed at night because I just am in a whimsical world of love and prosperity. And so then I would just tap the whole time with this like perfect, like happier vision. And 40 times I did it and my nightmares stopped. And it was like, I was like, this is insane. And so for those of you who haven't heard of tapping before, you are activating your body's emotional meridians. So a lot of us have heard of like our physical meridians, viral feedback, acupuncture, acupressure, those all use physical meridians in your body. You have emotional meridians. And so EFT, um, you're tapping. People tell me I do it in the wrong spot. I just like, I try to hit it all. I'm like, I don't know where the right spot is, but I'm just going to go for it. And so um, this is a way to like activate your emotional meridians so that you can re like trigger the reprogramming of thoughts. So I was like, girlfriend, I was like, I can't make these sentences for you. You got to make these sentences for yourself. What are you going to replace that thought with? Because right now your brain is saying, let's say his name is Jeff. When I see Jeff, I'm not safe. I'm not in control. I'm not respected. I'm not valued. I was like, that's what your body is telling. That's what your message is going through your whole body when you see him. What is your body going to tell yourself instead? So is it like, hey, when I see this person, I know he took advantage of me one time, but I am in control. I am a powerful, empowered, valued, respected, beautiful woman. And when I see this man again, he's not going to have any effect on me because I'm in control. This is my realm of power. I'm getting goosebumps saying this right now. I should be saying this to myself every day. I'm an empowered woman. Anyway, and so um, so she does this over the next few months. And then she texts me at the end of the summer and she's like, Amy, I saw him and my body barely reacted at all. This is compared to like full out hives, debilitating anxiety attack. She barely reacted. And so I was like, Oh, that's awesome. She's like, thank you so much for teaching me that. I didn't know I had to reprogram my body. I thought it was just in my head. So that's one aspect of emotional. That's one tool you can use for emotional detoxification is tapping and EFT and being and, and displacing negative thoughts with positive ones. So I just want to share that real quick. No, I think it's great. And I think that is one of the biggest things people can do. Emotional freedom technique. I mean, it's, it, it works better than any medicine I've ever seen. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And I like that it doesn't have to be 100% pure positive affirmations. Like mm -hmm. you can talk yourself through what you're going through. Like this was really traumatic to me. And like, I'm trying to get a grip on my own realm of power again. God help me, you know, and just like go through it and then start replacing the positive thoughts. It's like, it's very, it's a lot about self-compassion. And I, I love it for that. Well, we were talking about power earlier because I wrote, um, I have this video I'm shooting. Um, I just finished two videos. I'm shooting another one on how, how, do you, how to be light. And I wanted people to understand, I'm like, power it doesn't exist unless we give it to someone, right? We have to recognize that we are giving them power to make us feel a certain way. And so, so, and so if you can be emitting enough light and love, right, and and or security and empowerment on your own, then you aren't going to recognize their power over you. And all of a sudden it snaps out of, oh, they have power over me to I have power over me, right? And so there's this, there's this, but you have to disconnect and realize that we're actually doing that. Oh, but I can't because he's, he's the church leader or he's, he's my dad or, oh, or he's I have a crush or, on him. Yeah, exactly. And so we need to be, we need to be aware that we can't always we that we're giving power to somebody and then therefore we're feeling insubordinate to that when we gave them the power in the first place. And all we got to do is recognize we got to take that power back because that emotion is almost, we're creating it, you know, simply because of that. So 
I need to hear an amen and hallelujah for that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. No, I'm serious. That's been, that's been a big thing ever since Jenny talked about realms of power. Mm-hmm. I've been a lot more cognizant in my life. When do I feel out of my power when I'm talking to someone? Mm-hmm. And then instead of my first instinct being like, I got to cut them out. They're bad for me. I like, you know, just, I can't be around that type of a person, which in some case, I believe there's a time and a place to, mm-hmm. to seriously create space and maybe put people out of your life for a while. But for me, I've never like really felt at peace with that. And so this like really gave me like the vocabulary and the tools to realize like, why do I feel out of my power around them? Like, what is it about being around them that makes me feel out of my power? And how can I restore that realm of power to myself? Um, and identify where I need to be stronger in my self-beliefs or in how I stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So absolutely. that's just been one thing. And I probably could get better at like closing doors in my life. I'm really bad at that. Just leaving them all open. Don't know how to close them. But but <laughs> this learning how to stand in my power has been a lot more helpful. Yeah. Okay. So we should, we can we talk about that by the way in the 10 step program because we are very, very, very proactive and help not only detoxifying the body, but detox detoxifying from emotions. And so um Debbie, I believe, had a little something she was going to include um in the chat section at some point uh, about the 10 step program and a part about this. But again, we want you to know that I mean we you're here for our podcasts and these are free and we love doing them and they get shared all over. So it's super, super fun. Um, but we really also encourage you if you want to learn more about that, art the 10 step program is amazing okay so i do want to mention about my energy chart i put this together forever ago right i researched and researched all this back in 2014 and that's when i came up with my frequency chart that many of you probably have on your refrigerator because it's absolutely amazing Uh, we should do one on that sometime too that'd be super fun but this i'm going to just explain where emotions are found in the body right so if you're dealing with grief and anxiety the primary organ is your lung and large intestines, right? So you get constipated when we have anxiety, right? Oh, we get stuck, right? So mm-hmm. things stuck. The colon gets stuck because we're full of anxiety, grief. We can't breathe anymore. Like we can't bring oxygen into our cells because we're grieving. That's why at funerals, so many people are coughing, right? And there's a lot more to this that you have. The, yeah, isn't that, I know how many yeah. of you have been to a funeral and people are coughing and coughing or trying to figure that out, right? Um, so asthma, all of that. Um, anger, liver and the gallbladder, big things. So when people are always angry, you can just look at their liver. So for those of you who are healthcare practitioners and coaches, if you have someone with liver issue, you actually have to put it down and go, okay, here's a liver cleanse, but what are you so pissed? What are you so mad at? What are you so angry about? Mm-hmm. We need to address that because as much as you might take mm-hmm. all the milk thistle in the world and do a bunch of gallbladder cleanses to clean the liver, if you can't handle and get rid of this anger, we have to address the anger. Now we talk about NLP and you know emotional freedom technique and whatever we need to do. Super important. Wow. Um, resentment is the gallbladder. Feeling stuck is the large intestines. Fear. Well, what happens when you get afraid? You, you urinate, right? Exactly. So your kidneys, your bladder, reproductive center, you have no desire to be using reproductive center when you're in fear, right? Right. That's not there at all. Um, irritated is the bladder. Uh, guilt. Interesting. Guilt is not an emotion, by the way. That is like a self-inflicted wound. Um, but people who feel guilty often, that's a feeling, it's the heart. And if you look at the Bible belt, where there's a lot of you are worthless and blah, 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 and guilty, 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 you're all going to go to hell unless you do this, whatever it might be. Well, whatever it might be, that guilt, right? You're all, you, well, well, of course we know we're divine children, but for those people who might attend a church where there's a bit of fear, you know, and guilt that is kind of put on them, 
those people, literally the most heart conditions are through the Bible Belt, are through the areas or the specific parts of the country where we live, where there's a lot of guilt. And you can look at the heart, the heart issues here are so much larger than like, you know, out in Wisconsin and out in there. It's really, it's really amazing. So just check it out, people. Okay. Stress or mania is also a heart, head, and small intestine. Small intestine is processing all the time. When we're stressed out, we can't process. We can't absorb nutrients, right? Um, disgust is primary the stomach. Victimization, small intestines. Um, worry and depression, spleen, stomach, and pancreas. Uh, muscle and fascia. I have primary and, um, and uh, secondary. I'm only mentioning primary organs right now. Panic, pituitary, and pineal gland. We can't think straight at all. And our hormones aren't going to produce. So if we're in a state of panic, uh, we are, and, you know, we're not going to be able to make the hormones we need. So you won't grow properly, digest properly. Um, confusion is thyroid and thymus and unresponsive is adrenals and gonads. And so again, there's just so much to realize that we can actually find these emotions in organs. We can test them. We can, and, and so when you're dealing, if, when you have someone in your family who might be dealing with, um, you know, X, Y, or Z emotion, you can look at those organs and be like, oh, or if they have a kidney issue, be like, okay, so what's irritating you? My mother. Oh my gosh, she blah, 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 you know, whatever it might be. Um, I only bring that is up. This, where, where can this be found? I can, I can post it. If you guys want it, or I can go ahead and post also, it. It's also the in the TNC program. It's in the TNC program for sure. So I would just yep. say, just become a TNC. That would be there my There we situation. go. Then you get us get all access done. to 700 of these beautiful pages. But yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, I just have to throw okay. one thing out there. Jump though. in there, Amy. Correct me. I'm not correcting you. I think that chart's amazing, by the way. I just have been to so many churches in the in Texas and I love them. <laughs> I just have to say that. I love Texas churches. So I just I'm throwing that I'm out there. I'm just saying the ones that make you feel guilty yeah. for yeah. not for not doing this and not doing that. And those not people living up to... who feel so much guilt have these heart yeah. issues. And yeah. it's just like, no, 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 no. You know, let's yeah. deal with that. So yeah. no, I think that's a great point. I love it. People should have been busy. Yes, that is an do you feel guilty on the frequency chart? I do have guilt over guilt over some guilt over something over something. So, this is a great segue into my life. So, um, just as we start to wrap this up and bring it full circle, I am like the child in my family that like just loves trying new therapies. Mm. I am so fascinated with it. My family's like, Amy, so help me. You've got to learn how to figure out your own issues before you go broke. And I'm just like, every new coach or therapist, I'm like, let's try it. What do I got buried this inside? true. Psyche, emotion code, body code, life coaches, NLP. church counselors, neuro linguistic programming, like you name it. I'm just like so mesmerized by the body's emotions and our mental, our how our minds are framed. There was so I've had the opportunity to travel a lot in my life. I've been to like five continents, not like a ton of countries, but about 15 countries scattered throughout there. And I've really noticed this saying is very true that our minds can make a heaven out of hell or a hell out of heaven. And I heard that when I was a kid and just the more I traveled, the more I was like, wow, like I've been a nanny for millionaires and they were some of the least happy people I've ever met. But I've also met millionaires who are really happy. So I'm not saying you can't be happy in a minute. But then I've like lived in like third world countries and like the amount of joy and laughter that was just like ever present in these communities was just like, like completely perspective shifting. 
and I know a lot of you have like already heard that kind of concept, but it just got me so fascinated with like how our brain constructs our image of reality. I've just, I've always been fascinated with it. So I actually have a website coming out soon. The, the health coach has got a, a sneak peek at it a couple weeks ago, but it's um, going to be called Amy's favorite therapies.com. And I'm just giving like a five to 10 minute description of each of these different therapies I've tried out just for people who are curious. What is shamanic healing? What is psyche? What is body code and emotion code? You know, what, Oh, there's one I have to talk about, but I'll give you, I'll give you a stage for a No, you're going to take over. I'm sorry. This always happens. I end up talking too much. You just talked. Okay. I love it. Okay. This is the most recent therapy form I'm adding to it. And this is actually when you practice with yourself. It's like literally hosting a therapy session on yourself. And it is the practice of self-compassion. So I want to explain this really quick. You know how, like, when someone else does something, it's really easy. Well, maybe not really easy if you're, like, a very mature person but typically we can like judge what they did until we understand their motive we're like why would you do that or say that and then you talk to them and you're like oh my gosh that makes sense why you felt the need to do that like i just didn't understand your motive so as soon as you understand their motive it removes the judgment right well i think we we tend to do that like we can do that with other people but i don't think we do it to ourselves enough where you have that moment of introspection we're really good at beating ourselves up for doing or not doing something and we're less good at sitting down and being like, what was I thinking at the time? But not in a judgmental way, in a very sincere, trusting myself way that I probably was doing the best I could do. And I probably was making the best decision I could at the time. And I probably had the best interest of other people and myself in mind. And I probably was not trying to be an idiot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like sometimes we look back and we're like, why didn't I speak up? Why didn't I report that? Why didn't I stand up for myself? Maybe I didn't feel safe to stand up for myself because every time I stood up for myself in the past, this narcissistic guy would just go off on me and make me feel completely powerless. So yeah, I didn't stand up for myself and I'm okay with that. It wasn't safe for me to do that at the time. So it's just like going back in time and just like, what like a therapy session with yourself like what were my what were my motives and realizing like wow i've actually been trying to be a good person for a really long time and uh, i accept i accept what i did and i accept my motives and that to me is the practice of self-compassion and um okay so we have to put a sticky note somewhere that says self-compassion so remember to do yeah. this do you know what i mean though yeah i just keep hearing i keep hearing people beat themselves up i see this with my clients like they'll be like oh i'm so mad at myself like why am i not doing this why am i not doing that and i'm like girlfriend like doing that same thing in the past resulted in this like no wonder you're anxious about doing it like practice some self-compassion please and so anyway i would love to hear your stories because i think one of my favorite things, um, we have a really good friend here in the program who's a big advocate of self-compassion because she used to like beat herself up over these things from her past. And she realized she was in a therapy session one day and the therapist is like, you were doing the best you could. Like, why do you hold on to this? And she was like, you know what? I was doing the best I could. And she finally could let go of what she had beat herself up over all these years. So I know that was like kind of a long tangent. I just wanted to throw it out there. I don't know if you have anything to mention about that. Nope. I have, I'm talking about something else. Okay. Well, I'll let, I'll let you know when the website is out. Jill, it's not live yet. So you're, trust me, you're going to hear about it when it's live. It's going to be all over my Facebook. I'm going to send out an email about it. Um, yeah. yeah. So there'll probably be like 25 different therapies on there, but okay. I'm, I'm done with my little part. Well, we and we have a couple of websites coming out and I'm excited for yours. That'll be super fun. So we will let you know the other one soon. But anyhow, um, I just wanted to mention back on the detox part of it. Because we, Amy and I love talking together because we complement each other so well because she's, 
just amazing and we have so much emotion and then I'm more of the let's talk about the books let's talk about the facts you know my kids always accuse me of not having enough compassion right no it's not that you're not compassionate enough is that I was listening to one of her podcasts the other day within 15 seconds she was talking about cellular metabolism I'm like where is the welcome where is the hey guys hope you have a great week I mean I love how science you are that's not a bad thing it's a great thing it's just fun like, I you're get so there. obsessed with like yeah. the, the heart it's good it's intriguing but she fix it ah it's I know intriguing. it's I a lot of it. type a I'm dumb I'm dopamine yes. dominant yeah okay so just on the detox part of it really really want you all to know if you're losing weight or if you're in a relationship with somebody who's losing weight or they're in your home when they're losing weight they're going to be emotional remember again that these are polypeptides and so when the when the liver and you when you have an emotional day the liver takes all those chemicals and was like okay what do i do and if you've just had like a pop tart for breakfast and like whatever ate out for lunch and then you have some crap for dinner and you go to a birthday party and eat cake and ice cream well your liver cannot at all process those emotions so it goes ahead and hides them and so now we get larger and larger we have extra weight on our body we start to lose that weight and now the liver has to finally cleanse what's been in that fat tissue. Mm -hmm. And so now people who are losing weight can become very emotional. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to put it out there because a lot of people don't realize this is an actual physical thing that you'll be detoxifying from. And so to make sure the liver is happy and your kidneys are clean and et cetera, et cetera. And then just realize that as you go through this um, weight loss, you may have extra emotions. Just let everybody you're living with and working with and, and knowing, <laughs> let them know that um, because it will be something. I just want to make sure no, I mentioned that's that. So. Actually, that's huge. Well, because otherwise you're going to be like, now I'm losing weight and I'm such an emotional wreck. Just give me the pizza. You know, they yeah. won't want to continue because they could get frustrated. Yeah. And, I, and that might be a perfect time. Don't beat yourself up on why you have an extra 30 pounds and go into the self-compassion. Yeah. You're like, hey, it tasted great. That's where I was at. That was bringing me comfort and joy yeah. when I was dealing with a narcissistic or abusive yeah. husband. And I need to do that. And I think who, who doesn't, I'm positive, all of you listening and those who are live with us today can think of a time in your life where you regret doing something. And I'm a big not regretter. Like I don't even let people use that word because it's such a low frequency, but I may look back and go, oh my gosh, I thought when I left my husband that um, this would have gone differently. How come I didn't do this? I should have done this. And then, oh my gosh, right? And so I've, I myself have to go in and, and be like, oh, wait a minute, I was doing the best thing that I could. You know, I had no idea that this would actually happen. You know, and I think sometimes I have to realize, oh my gosh, I was a single mom. I had five kids. Like I could, I had to make all the money because there was no child support. There was no alimony, nothing. I had to do something. And so me not doing X, Y, and Z, I can't keep myself up on that. How much more could I have done? And I think that's something we just, as women and men have to do is to be like, I love you so much. Can you see how much happier I am being next to her? I just have to say that. If you can't tell right now, I am like up here. Right She's now. trying I'm to get so, us all to move to Hawaii. I'm so, so happy. I mean, we can't all fit there actually. Yeah, so it's here. a great retreat location, but <laughs> gentrification's a thing. Anyway, thank you so much for sharing Thanks, that. Guys. Um, I haven't looked at anything in the chat section. We'll, so. get, we'll get to it in just like two, two seconds. Okay. Sorry, guys. Oh, Ooh, that's Ooh. weird. Sorry, we had an Pulling interesting notification. Um, uh, when you were talking, there was one last thought. Oh, um, uh, last thing on the emotions being polypeptides is that just like when we lose That's weight, a protein. yeah, thank you. Well, I always like to say emotions are polypeptides and frequencies. 
They are. They both. are both. Yep, yep, they are both. So that's how I explain people it. To, that's how that's how, I, that's how I explain it to like clients and people. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it is a frequency. Most people know it's like a vibe. Like, oh, I, you can feel that vibe. But not a lot of people realize there are actual chemicals that get released in your body, polypeptides. So on that note, I was giving a lecture to our amazing group of South Africans on Monday morning about liver detox, about all about the liver, because just like you'll get a, you know, you lose weight and you start to release these emotions. Eating processed food will inhibit your ability to process your emotions mm-hmm. because, like you said, if you're if someone's liver is bogged down, I'm just like the biggest advocate. Do like the first thing I look at when I pick up food is not the fats, proteins, carbohydrates on the nutrition facts. I look straight at the ingredient list. Mm-hmm. How many chemicals are in this thing? <laughs> are they, is it real food or not? That's where I draw the line. I only like my standard for my life is is it real food or is it not? Because mm-hmm. if it didn't come from Mother Nature, I'm not interested in that turning into part of my body. Yeah. Anyway. So when I'm like looking at foods, if there's an ingredient list of 50 things, I'm like, whoa, how is my P54 pathway in my liver supposed to handle metabolizing, deconstructing, and then reconstructing emotions for my body? If all of a sudden it's filled with 50 chemicals in my Dorito, Loco Taco from Taco Bell. Anyway, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying like that you have this P453 pathway in your liver and it's constantly deconstructing things and like, and um, there's fancy words for it. Metabolizing, metabolizing, catabolic something, all these processes that are happening. (laughs) So if it's like constantly, like we have, you know, all the fancy lotions on sunscreen, or we have like the peaches and cream lotion from Bed Bath and beyond back and body works and then we got food that has all these ingredients in it and then we live in a city and we're breathing in the air like honestly how much more can our liver handle that's a real thing so that i just want to throw that out there it's like it's a two-way street like really detoxifying our food really helps us detoxify emotions and also detoxifying our emotions helps us detoxify our body so it's a great synergistic pathway and i know we can, we need to close here in a minute but just a reminder that positive frequencies outweigh and displace negative frequency. There is much more power in light than in darkness. And so when we can be like, okay, I'm going to try some of this. I'll listen to Karen and Amy now for half an hour, talk about emotions. All you really need to do is start smiling. Just start smiling at everybody you ever see. Just start trying to be more light. Just start trying to be more careful, you know, and, and, and keeping what you, what you have go in to the body is what you think. And so if you're watching all these really creepy movies or my gosh, don't even look at commercials. They scare me all the time. Oh, the I saw them scare me. Oh my word. Anyway, like don't put anything. Are you really scared from my thought commercials? Sarah, are you having allergies that that's causing? Anyway, keep going, keep going. True. Anyhow, so like anything you're putting in is now in. And so like, if you want to live a life of higher frequency and a higher vibration so you can actually heal from darker emotions, you have to stop putting dark stuff in. It's the same thing with food. So if you want to detoxify the body, stop eating toxins. If you want to detoxify the emotions, for Pete's sake, get off Facebook and get off of all the drama and all the gossip crap that happens in your life and stop putting the toxic emotions in. If there's people in your life that are causing a, a, a toxin emotion, toxic emotion, for Pete's sake, unfriend them. Like you don't need them in your life. I taught... Um, I taught for years, um, invite, 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 delete. And what that is, is so if you have someone in your life and they're just like always negative and always mad about something, and I don't care if it's a dog, their mom, their grandma, their husband, their kids, right? They're always complaining. Invite them to do something of a higher frequency. Hey, do you want to come over? We're going to learn how to make soap. 
Nah. Okay, you invited again. Try it again. Hey, you want to come over? We're going to make some cookies and take them to the neighbors. Hey, you want to come over? We're going to make some, we're going to color and send pictures to Amy and Karen. Oh, I love that. And yeah, okay. Nah. Okay, now you've invited them three times to do something positive that would increase their emotions. After the third time, delete them. Okay. I cannot tell you, and I say mom during this because I've had so many women that I've worked with who have deleted their mother, who have deleted their mother from their Facebook, from their phone, like have gotten rid of their mother. And the mother's like, uh, what's wrong? Like, you know, and they've responded. And this has happened over and over again. That's why I'm bringing it up. They've responded. Don't hope none of my kids don't like me and they'll delete. But anyhow, I'm just kidding. They've responded with like, oh my gosh, my mom changed. Like she didn't realize she was so toxic with her talk about the other siblings or about her dad or whatever it was. And so it, it worked like, and then those people that are worth it to you will actually come back to you and they will realize that, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Sometimes they just need a wake up call that you don't want their negative energy and you can tell them that. So just, you know, just a little thing I wanted to share out there. If you don't, if you're trying to detoxify from negative emotions, you can't be putting them in. No more of those scary movies. None of them that's bad. Just stop listening to gossip. Just, just get rid of the drama, eliminate it. Watch my uh, video on the drama circle. I'm going to reshoot that because I shot that like almost 10 years ago now. So I'll reshoot that and release a new one because it's super fun. Anyhow, but, and really just be able to move forward without putting them in. Yeah. Thank you so much for oh, sharing. You're so welcome, so, great. I will say like my last, my last piggyback off that and then we can just wrap it up. Yep. 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 For me, probably like the best tool for emotional detoxing has been learning how to communicate because then you can kind of like oh my gosh, potentially bypass yes. the delete phase, mm-hmm. you know, and just go straight from like, Hey, let's try it. Let's try this overtly or covertly. And then if it's like, if that is, if I was failing, then it's like, listen, we need to talk about this. Listen, when you do this blank, it makes me feel this blank. That simple sentence has like saved my butt so many times. I, I promise when I became an adult, I did not know how to talk my mind. I didn't know how to like talk to boys. I was so awkward. I know that's hard to believe because like, look at me now. I'm kidding. Her first I'm kiss kidding. was actually in college. Okay. So I might've really might have, might have taken me till college. Okay. I'm just saying <laughs> the point is I really, I'm like so much more confident communicating now because I have the tools, the skill sets of communication of knowing how to express how someone makes me feel without putting them down or blaming them without being like, you're always trying to control me. You think you're better than me and you criticize everything I do. Instead of that, I'm like, Hey, when I know your brain's moving like a million miles a minute and you have so many good ideas, but just so you know, when you like constantly give me unsolicited tips, it actually makes me feel a little disrespected or it makes me feel a little bit like you don't appreciate me. You know, like, is there any way you could like filter more of those? Because like, I know you probably don't mean to make me feel stupid or make me feel unappreciated, but when you like just keep giving me like criticism in a constructive way, it actually just makes me feel like you don't appreciate me as I am. And you probably don't even notice you're doing that. Oh my gosh, how much more constructive is that sentence or that conversation than me being like, yeah, well, you just never respect me. And you know what I mean? How, whatever I would have tried saying in the past. So that's like the skill set of learning how to speak your mind. I, th- I think is like, for me, hands down, the easiest way to process my emotions. Most of them, 90% of them have to do with other people. You know yeah, I mean? And if the person you're talking to is willing to communicate back with you, then you're going to have a win-win 
situation. Yeah, if they're not, then books like, what was it, In Sheep's Clothing? Yeah, In Sheep's Clothing is one I highly recommend. Um, and so we'll tap it in. In Sheep's Clothing, um, that is actually what gave me, so when I left my husband, um, and it was a very abusive relationship, and I took the five children, so I'm a single mom, five kids, and for the next several months, as I was trying to figure out how do I communicate, you know, supervised visitation only, blah, 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 but every time he'd call me on the phone for something, or get mad about something, I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and then I read this book, and it gave me the words to say to someone who was narcissistic and abusive like him. And so I, without that book, I don't know what I would have done. It was a lifesaver for me. So if you're dealing with someone who's been negative and narcissistic and you feel very controlled, this is a great book. Um, I much prefer the second half of the book, but the first half of the book is more oofy oofy and story stories, which I'm not oofy oofy or emotional like that. But they really helped me understand where these people are coming from. And the second half of the book, gives, it gives you all the words, all the things to say. Um, so, and you might want to go back and just write this down. When you blank, it makes me feel blank. The kids, Amy grew up with that on the refrigerator <laughs> because we had a lot of children and I can't stand drama and I don't like gossip. I just, we just didn't do it. And now no one could be mad at each other. You should ask me what happened when they got mad at each other. But, um, and so we had, when you blank, it makes me feel. And then when they had an issue with each other, they would have to go, okay, let's think about this. And it just helped in our home. Maybe it can help in yours as well. Yeah. And just like asking about motives, you know, yeah, like, can, we you don't help me under, know. can you help me understand why you do that? Um, or uh, I know you don't, you probably don't mean to do this, but anyway, we're over time. We got to end this yep, thing, go. Gotta go. but we, uh, I do want to do a communication one soon from random communication workshops. You've done a ton of, well, random communication I think workshops. I, Tammy, what you said about working with your clients, not knowing how to speak your mind is one of the biggest holdups for people. Like people might come to you for nutrition and it's like two weeks into it. It's like, I can't, I can't talk to my sister about anything or I can't talk to my mom or like, oh, I can't talk to my significant other. It's like, okay, well, we're just going to turn this into a communication workshop. So it's, yeah, it's like a super huge tool to emotional health. I think is knowing how to speak it your is. mind and stand in your power. Yay. Okay, cool. Um, last question. Someone said, tell me what happened when they got mad at each other. It may help my family. Oh, well, sure. actually we got timeouts <laughs> can tell you that. and, um, mom would be like, you'd get timeouts and then your siblings could volunteer time to half your time on the timeout thing. So it'd be like, I volunteer as tribute. And then you could go like cut someone's timeout time in half. And then you usually end up being better friends because of that, which was really cool. So that was one thing that was when we were younger. Little. That didn't, that didn't slide as teenagers. There was no <laughs> more timeouts happening in our teenage years. But um, honestly, the communication thing, I don't know. What well, and the, the teenage years were fine. It was all because we did this when they were young. So we did the timeout thing where they could volunteer to take each other. And so a five minute timeout was now a minute and a half because all of them went on the timeout chair at one time and they all love it. Could you love who you serve, right? Mm. You love who you serve. Mm. And so you have to serve. If you don't, if you have a relationship, that's not good. You need to serve them and you can't be made to serve somebody. That's not cool either. Right. You can be encouraged, but anyhow, but then we also do this thing where if they were fighting, they had to hold hands for half an hour. Oh my gosh, that was hysterical. Or if they didn't want to hold hands for a half an hour, they had to read from a children's magazine or a children's book together. That's what they all did. And I'm telling you, it didn't take long. It only took a year or a couple times of having to do that. They, they just stopped fighting. And so by the time they were teenagers, we, had, we, had, we didn't have drama. Yeah, we didn't really have a lot of fighting. fighting lot no, of we never had blow-ups, no other slammed doors. Like, we didn't have any of that because they were they were told to respect and love. She's also a slave driver. Just throwing it out there. So I'm we didn't have time. We did not have time for fighting. Okay, so we had a very busy business, okay? <laughs> slave I had, driver's not the right word. I've been... I've been accused of abusing the child. Not abusing child labor laws. The child labor laws. Yeah, I did break those. So I, oh, well. Yeah. Got my first paycheck when I was five. Just saying. <laughs>
Anyway, we got to wrap this up, but thank you so much for joining us, everyone, and for throwing your thoughts out here. I think this is a picking I just had on the invite, invite, delete thing. I think the biggest reason why that helped her so much is it triggered communication. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. The the name of the book is called In Sheep's Clothing. In Sheep's Clothing. Okay, cool. So anyway, we'll just wrap that up now. But Okay, and for those of you... We're going to wrap up and end the podcast. Stick around for the next half an hour of Q&A. So again, thank you for joining us. For those of you who are new to our podcast, you can go to our website, holistichealtheducators.com. You can check on the podcast and we've been uploading and uploading many more to come. Some of my old radio shows will be on there. I think about a dozen of those. And so we're just going to be putting a lot of information on there. And please pass it on to your friends. We're here to help educate and this is for free because we freaking love you. So have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Love you, love you. Hey, thank you for joining us. I hope you had as much fun as we did. If you would ever like to connect with us in person or live online for webinars, course certifications, events, conferences, parties, go ahead and check out our upcoming event schedule at www.holistichealtheducators.com. We would love to connect with you. We also host weekly live question and answer sessions. Until then, have a spectacular day.